Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. All right, I am going to read some scriptures that I read last week. I did not plan on doing this, but as the week went on, I could not get away from this feeling um, and from the sermon that I preached last week, are you bent over and can't raise yourself up? Um, and if by, if by chance you were not here last week, I do encourage you to get online to our YouTube page and listen to that sermon. I listen to all my sermons, believe it or not, not for egotistical reasons. I do it for two reasons, because there's a difference between list, preaching it and hearing it, being able to sit down and just relax and absorb. Um, I also do it so that I can see what I did wrong, so I can improve <laughs> as, I, as I go forward. I'm always trying to be better. Um, but if you did not hear last week's sermon that I preached entitled, Are You Bent Over and Can't Raise Yourself Up? I encourage you to get on our YouTube channel. You can find our YouTube channel by searching Maranatha Ministries UPC on YouTube, or you can just go to our website, mmchurch.com, and we have a link to our YouTube page right there. And uh, listen to these sermons. Sometimes if you listen to it after you heard it, you'll get something out of it you didn't get while you were there live. So it's always, always good. Um, but I did preach last week a message entitled, Are You Bent Over and Can't Raise Yourself Up? I'm going to do part two today, and I'm reading from Luke chapter 13. Uh, just a couple of verses here. When uh, Verse 10 says, Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could no way raise herself up. Now notice verse 12, and this is what I want to focus on a little bit today. But when Jesus saw her, when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So I'm going to simply entitle this for lack of more creativity. Are you bent over and can't raise yourself up? Part two. All right. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for your blessings. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Touch our lives, touch our hearts, touch our understanding, touch my lips, my tongue, my mind to deliver this that you laid upon my heart, Lord, that our lives might be changed, our lives might be transformed, and you might have your way in every one of us. I pray in Jesus' wonderful name for your glory and praise. Everyone said amen. You can be seated. How about we clap our hands one more time for Jesus, shall we? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So I want to begin today by telling all of us, I'm going to describe three conditions, three conditions right now, and I want you to know that you are right now in two of them. All right, you are in two of these three conditions right now as we speak. The first condition is you are bent over and can't raise yourself up. You're in a position where the burdens, the cares of life, and the struggles of humanity have weighed you down to where you feel hopeless and helpless, and you are bent over and you can't raise yourself up as I preached last week to see the face of God. 
The second condition that you may be in is the fact that you have been bent over and were not able to raise yourself up, but Jesus touched you and lifted you, and you've been delivered from whatever it has been or whatever it was that had you heavy laden and bent over. So you've either, you either are bent over or you have been bent over. The third condition, and this is the condition that we are all in. You are in either one or two. You've been there or you are there. But you are all, including myself, we are all in condition number three. And what is condition number three? Condition number three is the fact that you will be bent over and unable to straighten yourself up in the future. That day is coming again when you will again be heavy laden with the cares of life, the hardships of life, the brokenness of life, the struggles of life, they will weigh you down again in the future, and you will be unable to lift yourself up except that God would touch you. So whether you've been there in the past or you're there currently, I, I don't mean to be a preacher of gloom and doom, but you will be there again. The reason I say that is for the same reason I've said this type of thing many times. Difficult times don't go away and stay away. They come back. The, cloud, the rain clouds disappear and the sun shines again, but it doesn't shine forever. Sooner or later, another rainy day is coming. But as sure as the rainy day is coming, we need to never forget that so is the sun. Again, it will indeed shine again. So life is like that. It, uh, it is not good all the time, but at the same token, it's not bad all the time. And it may seem like it's been bad for a long time. 18 years is a long time. And it may seem like life has been bad for a long time, but it's not always going to be bad. It isn't always bad. And even if it is, aren't you glad we have a hope in heaven? If I live for this life only, the Bible said, I'd be of all men most miserable. So if my bent over conditions last me my entire, however many years I'm on this planet, so be it. My sunshine will happen when I step on heaven's shores. Let's not forget that's our hope. Can you say amen? So now while teaching in the synagogue, <clears throat> Jesus sees her. Now let me just... I don't mean to repeat myself, but I think it's important that we understand that this woman was in a bent-over condition, <clears throat> badly bent over, so much so that she could not look up. She could hear. She would listen to the sermons. She would probably sing the songs of Zion that they sang, but she could not lift herself up. She might not even have known Jesus was there. She might not have known who was in the building. She knew God's presence was, but she may not have seen the master come through the front door and take his place and sit down. She may not have even known he was there. What is important today is to never forget that in your moments of being bent over from the cares and the hardships and the hurts and the depression of this life to the point where you may not be able to even look up and see God Listen to me. God sees you. Jesus 
sees you. The Bible said while he was teaching in the synagogue, Jesus saw her. He noticed her in the audience. And the Bible tells us that he was immediately moved with compassion and a desire to heal you. I am here to tell you today, Almighty God has compassion on you, and His desire is to heal you. And yet, He could have shown up last year or the year before that, but He waited for some reason until that day to walk into that synagogue to heal that woman. And I don't know why He waits on you. I don't know why He lets you suffer as long as you do. I don't know why he lets the cares of life weigh heavy on your shoulders as long as he does. But I do know this, he sees you, and if you continue to come to his presence, one day he will call your name to himself. Also notice this. Because this is another place we eventually arrive at. She does not appeal to him for help. She did not say, what did you say, Jesus is here? Jesus, thou son of, you know, so a lot of people did that. The blind man sat on the side of the road, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me, not this woman. She just was there over and over Week after week, she just kept coming. She was expecting nothing. She was going to serve God in her gloom and doom. She was going to serve God in her bent-over condition. Whether she could see the face of God or not, she knew there was a face of God, and she was there to magnify that God, regardless if he touched her or not. She did not call out on him. He called out on her and I'm here to tell you if you keep coming you keep serving you keep listening you keep magnifying him the day will come when he will call your name and straighten up your life thank you Jesus hallelujah so whether you've been serving him all your life or if you've never served him because you haven't known him matters not he sees you he wants to touch you, and he wants to lift you up, and he will do it when his time is right. Now, what Jesus saw that day would not have been attractive. I think I talked a little. And they decided to wheel, and you got to sit there and try to eat. That's hard, huh? I'm just being honest. God bless the caretakers. God bless our nurses and our doctors. God bless the mothers and the fathers and the people that care for those that are hard to look at sometimes, hard to be around sometimes. Just being honest with you, if you don't mind. She would have been hard to look at, not attractive. 
And in fact, the reason she probably came for 18 years and was still in the same condition is because nobody else there was willing to reach out and help her. No one else there was willing to do anything to help her. Nothing indicates that anybody helped her in. Nothing indicates that anybody helped her out. It appears she walked in in her hunched over condition, found a seat, had no idea which eyes were staring at her because she couldn't see. And then hunched over, she would walk out the back door with no indication that anyone touched her, anyone cared about her, or anyone ever asked her how she was doing. For 18 years, she did this. So whether you've been serving God all your life or you have never served him because you haven't known him, I want you to know that Jesus sees you this day. Jesus sees you this day. And not only does he see you, but you have no idea which day it's going to be when he is going to speak your name and say, come here. Come here. Come to me, all you who are labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. So she would not have been a, a very attractive and unlike people who sometimes don't care, he cared about her. He doesn't just care about the well-off. He doesn't just care about the good-looking. He doesn't just care about the lives that have it together. He doesn't just care about those that, that everything's going their way. He cares about the down and outers. Go ahead and clap your hands. tell you something else about this woman as I've, I've, I've pointed out numerous times in these last two messages how unsightly she would have been how hard it would be to sit next to her in church I don't know how much room she took up I don't know how hard it was for her to get into her chair I don't know how uncomfortable it was for those that were her were around her and sometimes we as people feel like we are a burden, nobody cares, and I don't deserve it anyway. Sometimes we come to church, we don't believe we deserve the blessing of God. We're not even looking for the blessing of God because we are so conditioned to being pushed down, pushed out, uncared about. And the poor sinner that walks in here and their life is so beat up and destroyed from the curse of sin in this world and nobody loves them, nobody out there cares about them, nobody thinks anything of them and they come to the house of God and that's the treatment they expect by you and me and that's the treatment they expect by God. Nobody has ever cared about me, probably nobody is ever gonna and if you are in that condition right now, I want to tell you you might be right about people because nobody's perfect but I want you to know something. For 18 years she walked into that synagogue and not a person in there did anything for her and that may be true but Jesus is another story and you might walk into the house of God and feel like nobody notices nobody cares and you're a burden to most but trust me when I tell you you do not present yourself to Jesus that way because he loves you he loves you go ahead
And so sinners especially feel that we're just too repugnant and we're too worthless and too unimportant for anybody to care, even God. And I'm here to tell you that God does care. Listen to Psalm 44, verse 24 through 26 says this. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and oppression? Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever wonder, God, why are you hiding your face and forgetting our misery and oppression? Remember, 18 years she came in hunched over and could not raise herself. 18 years. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and oppression? We are brought down to the dust. Our bodies cling to the ground. We are so heavy laden with the sins of our life and the sins of this world and the condition of our flesh and the condition of our mind and the condition of our heart and the condition of our society. We are heavy laden and our bodies cling to the ground. That's how low we are. That's what the psalmist said in Psalm 44. We are hopeless. But listen to verse 26. 24, 25, let me read him again. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and oppression? We are brought down to the dust and our bodies cling to the ground. Listen to verse number 26, because oftentimes we stay in verse 24 and 25. We don't move on to verse 26 that says this. Rise up and help us. But listen to the end of this verse. Redeem us. Not because we are worthy. Not because I deserve it. Not because I'm anybody special. In fact, of all sinners, I'm the chiefest. Not because I'm so handsome and good looking. No. Truth is, I'm hunched over and I'm an ugly sight to see, and no one wants to sit next to me or near me. And so don't help me. Don't rise up and help me because of me, because of my worthiness, because of my looks, because of my actions, because of how good I am. No, listen to what the Bible said. Rise up and help us. Redeem us. Why? Because of your unfailing love. It is based in your love, not my actions. It is based in your compassion, not my goodness. Don't love me and don't help me because I deserve it, because I don't. But it is because of your unfailing love I can come into the presence of God and it may take 18 years, but I've still got my ears peeled because one day I'm going to hear him call my name and ask me to come to him. It's not because we're anything. We're bent over and disfigured because of sin. We can't straighten ourselves out. But it's because he's everything. Jesus' healing of this disfigured woman emphasizes that his ability to help is determined not by the state of the needy person. Because there's always somebody worse off than you. I may have ever felt like, oh, Lord, help them. They're worse than me. Well, that doesn't mean you don't need help. But God's willingness to help us is not based on how bad off you are or how long you've been like this. That's not what does it. I don't know how long we'll have to suffer through some things. I don't know how long we've got to bear some burden. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. But I do know this, that when God is ready... 
His willingness and ability to lift us up and help us is not based in our condition or our ability, but it is based in his limitless power and his love for his people. And when it is time, he will do for me what he did for that woman. His blood is able to wash away the greatest of your sins. That old songwriter wrote and said, yes, I know. Yes, I know. Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean. The vilest sinner can be cleaned. Now, Luke, in his story here, describes this woman being crippled by a spirit of infirmity. I talked about that last week. I'm not going to go into that too much right now. But spirit of infirmity for 18 years. And in verse 16, he says that she was bound by Satan. And again, I I expounded upon that a little bit last week. Uh, And so I'm not going to expound too much on that, except to say this. It is not that Satan himself was on her, but the fact that Satan has messed up this world, and now this messed up world has messed her up. And that's how it works. Not everything that goes wrong is the devil, but it ultimately can trace its sources back to the devil if it's wrong, because with God, everything is right. You understand the difference of what I'm saying here today? And so Jesus healed her and set her free from this infirmity of 18 years, and he did it by his word and by touching her. By his word, when he said, come here, and her obedience to come, and then he touched her. Now, let me tell you something about Jesus, and you'll know this because you know the scriptures tell us this. Jesus does not have to be in the building to heal you. In fact, Jesus does not even have to be in town. He came to the centurion's servant. I think that's the right story if I got my story straight. and He said, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just speak the word. Wherever you are, you can just speak. You don't even need to come. And Jesus called that great faith. So Jesus does not need to be in the vicinity. He doesn't need to actually lay his hand on you. He doesn't need to do anything. He can just speak the word. What am I saying? I'm saying for this woman, he didn't need to show up at the synagogue that Sunday or that Saturday. He did not need to call her to come to him. He didn't go to her. He called her over to him. And when she came, he touched her. And when he touched her, he set her free. Listen to me for a moment. There are times when God can work the miraculous in your life. Just let it happen. But there are other times he wants you to get up from where you are and come to where he is and call upon his name and let him actually lay his hand on you. Not just speak a word 
from somewhere else so you can continue to live your life and do what you want and go where you want and act the way you want and expect Jesus to show up where you are to always touch you. There are times, my friend, when he says come, and when he says come, you got to come, and when you stand before him, he stretches out his hand. you got to be close enough for him to touch you. You got to be close enough for him to touch you. And your miracle is coming. And I close with this your miracle is coming. But you got to be there when you hear your name called. You got to be there. I'm not always saying it's a physical location, it's a heart location. You got to be there. When Jesus calls your name, you got to be able to stand up and go to where he's calling you. And I'm not talking again about a physical location. I'm talking about a heart issue. You've got to be able to answer the call and step forward and say, here I am. And let him touch you. You've got to be close enough for him to be able to touch you. Don't hold back. Don't withdraw. Don't stop coming to him with your burdens. Don't stop laying it down at the altar. Because one day, you're going to be at the foot of that cross, and you're going to hear him speak your name. And you're going to hear him say, come over here. And if you will get up and answer, he will touch you and change your life forevermore. I close with the words to this beautiful song entitled, Come to the Altar. It simply says this, are you hurting? And broken within. Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin. Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. We always think this is the altar. The altar that we're talking about here is in your heart 24-7. And I want to take a moment to go to that altar right now. We may not physically walk up here and stand before the presence of God, but I promise you this, if he speaks your name, you can go to him in the spirit and stand before the presence of God right where you are right now. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today. There's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Are you bent over and can't raise yourself up? Listen for a moment. Listen. Because one day, the master is going to walk in see you and speak your name and you want to be listening for it so that you can say here I am Lord here I am thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast if this message touched you please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha as well as follow us on our social media platforms we are located in Schenectady New York And if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. 
Thank you and God bless.